the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. You, your money, your life, your dreams. The answers are here. This is Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. In just a momento, I'm going to be talking with Valerie Feltis about property taxes, California, and maybe how you can get a little bit of money back. Let's first go, though, to Adrian Alameda. Adrian, how are you? Um, My question has to do with uh, a phrase I heard you say during one of your commercial breaks about buying term and invest the rest. Right. I'm I'm 26, and uh, basically I could probably get a 30-year term policy. And after uh, for like thirty bucks a month or something, right. and then after that, that'll put me in the age range of about you know fifty six. Right. And um, after that, I'd be hard pressed to find any more term coverage after that for you know ten years or fifteen years. Um, okay. And then the you know as you've mentioned a couple times on your show too, uh, life expectancy now is you know we can expect to live till we're like eighty five okay. or almost ninety maybe. Let me ask you and, a couple oh, questions, Adrian. Sure. Sure. Um, are you married? Uh, no. Okay. Um, if you died right now, who needs your life insurance? Uh, no one. Okay. No one so you don't need life insurance. You need disability insurance. When okay. you get married, you need life insurance for about 20 years. Ultimately, okay. that's going to allow you to save money for the next 20 years because it's only going to be $30, $40, $50 a month um, instead of $200 a month. So what you do is you buy the term and you invest the rest. If you die in 20 years in one day or in 30 years in one day or 40 years or 50 years, you'll have all that money that you saved that you can now give to your spouse. So that's the concept. So I'm assuming that my investment, uh, that my money that I save is going to uh, basically have have a better return than my uh, policy or yes, my, ter- uh, absolutely. My, my insurance? Yeah, and nowhere in history we find a whole life policy that can keep up with the stock market or a variable life insurance policy that can keep up with the stock market um, you don't get the the dividends from it it's just a horrible horrible way to go to give you an idea Adrian as a financial expert I do not know one person who's a CFA CFP investment advisor who has whole life insurance or variable life insurance there's not one of my peers that has that crap product um, you don't want it. You don't need it. When you're 90 years old and you die, your wife doesn't need another million dollars because you already have two, three, four, five million dollars saved if you did things right in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. Now, when you have another kid or when you have a kid, you're also going to want to add on another 20-year policy uh, basically to cover in case you get hit by a bus. But yeah, buy term and invest the rest. And the best endorsement I can give you is no one in the financial community buys whole life or variable life insurance. No. Now, one. what about... Uh- I've also heard that uh, people will invest in life insurance to cover estate taxes when they pass, like for their kids or grandkids. So sure. They burden them with uh, so now, Adrian, you just taxes. now you just totally gave me a curveball. Now you're basically 60 years old and you're worth a couple million dollars, and you decide that you want to give the University of Stanford your two million dollars. So the University of Stanford will buy a two million dollar policy on you. 
so that when you die, that can go to your family tax-free and your $2 million in assets can go to um, the University of Stanford. So that's a totally different scenario than where you are in your life. Gotcha. So, And that's when whole life is appropriate. And thanks for the call. Let's get to Carl in San Rafael. Carl? Hey, Senor. How are you doing this morning? I'm okay. Great. I don't know if uh, you saw, I think it was in the Telegraph. I got emailed a clipping, uh, an alert from Royal Bank of Scotland's uh, Big Bear. I think his name is Bob Jandua. Okay. Basically, he's uh, calling what's happening right now a relief rally, and there's really nothing underpinning it that just because things are less bad than they had been, people are getting a false impression. And he's essentially calling for uh, another uh, correction uh, towards the end of summer. I wonder what your take was on that. Um, don't know Bob Janio personally. Um... I think what you can do as a wise investor, Carl, is develop cases, both positive and negative. Understand that uh, the worst of the credit crisis is likely behind us. But there are going to be some problems, for instance, and thanks for the call, um, the loan modification. Uh, We're not really addressing the problem. We're just giving people lower payments, but they're still massively upside down. And being massively upside down still could hurt the Bank of Americas, the Wells Fargo's, the J.P. Morgan's, the Citigroup's, um, the State Streets, who have you know these trial modification programs, and they're getting $1,000 to put people in these modifications, but they're still upside down. So it's going to prolong the losses. It doesn't fix the losses. Um, so I think there's still some issues out there. Unemployment's high, 10%, um, and that's not getting better anytime soon. So I can make a worst-case scenario. Um, I can make a best case scenario, and ultimately, I'm going to deal with the data as it comes out and not get too freaked out. Um, I think panicking would be a mistake due to Bob Jandua, uh, who works for Royal Bank Scotland, also known as RBS. Um, but there's a lot of people out there who preach doom. There's a lot of people who are calling the S&P 500 at 1150 later this year. So, so far, I think we're calling a good market. I think it's pretty easy to call. Let's go to Valerie, Valerie Faltis, property tax expert. You're back with us, Valerie? Yes, I'm here. Okay, and your phone sounds excellent. Thank you. Great. Um, Property taxes. Now, let's just start the whole interview all over again. Prop 13, has it led towards the economic distress in California? In my personal opinion, no. Property taxes are still receiving a lot more in revenue than they were about 10 years ago. If you look at where the market was at 10 years ago, it was much, much lower than it is now. And so over the last 10 years, their revenue has increased substantially. So even though it's gone down maybe 30% in the last couple of years, it's still substantially higher than it was 10 years ago. It's just that spending, of course, you know, increased um, far beyond what the revenue has um, brought in and where it's at right now. Do you think Prop 13 will ever be phased out or do you think it'll ever be done away with? I don't know. It's part of the California Constitution and it was voter-initiated. So I'm not sure that it would be so easily changed or revoked or removed. Now, you've put together a series of books, little black books. And I'm going to be honest with you, Valerie. These are very attractive. You've got attractive packaging. Thank you. Um, PropertyTaxLittleBlackBook.com is the website. Why did you put together these little black books on basically Prop 13 and California, you know, transcripts and workbooks and, um, you know, exemption guides? Are taxes that complicated that we need help? (laughs) They're actually not that complicated. That's the funny part. Uh, It's just that there's, one, a lot of fear that's associated with it. I know for me, even while I worked for the assessor, when I bought my first home, while I was working at the assessor, I received my first supplemental bill in the mail, and even I was nervous to open it. 
So I think partly it's just that there's a lot of fear. You know, your heart starts beating, you see a letter from the IRS, from anything associated that has anything to do with taxes. So there's a sense of fear there. It's really not complicated. The fact is I broke it down in a few little booklets. And within a half an hour, you know, of, of listening to those audio CDs, you can pretty much completely understand the way Prop 13 works. And it's so, so simple. It just sounds very convoluted. And so it's just getting a few basic things down. And the reason I put these things together was because while I worked for the assessor, um, I was helping a lot of people come in, people who bought at the height of the market, and they'd lost, you know, $50,000, $100,000, $250,000 worth in, in property taxes and value. And they were paying thousands more than they knew that they could be saving. And I was helping them get this temporary break called Prop 8. And there was one woman in particular who came in, and she was having trouble with her house. I know she told me she was having trouble paying her mortgage. And she was applying for this temporary break, and I knew a way she could get a permanent break. And it wasn't really kosher for me to share it while I worked there. So the reason I left was because I knew that without being there, I could actually say things that weren't really appropriate or kosher for me to share while I worked for the assessor and help people in a more significant way. So the Little Black Book teaches how to permanently reduce property taxes in California. Now, give me an example of a loophole. Um, It's not even really a loophole. It's just a different way of understanding it. Prop 13 um, basically states that there's only two times that your property taxes can be adjusted. Um, One is if there's a change in ownership, and two is if there's new construction. So basically, and, and those create base values. So basically, um, you can learn how to reestablish your base value so that even when the market goes back up, your property taxes don't ever go back up. And it's really simple. Okay. Now let's move forward. Um, how about if you've paid too much in taxes? How do you know if you've paid too much and how easy is it to get back? It's not that hard to get back. I saw this hundreds and hundreds of times where I was dealing, you know, where I was helping an informed you know, taxpayer, someone, a homeowner, just like yourself, who um, would basically bring to me information saying, hey, you know what, my property taxes are a little too high, and this is why. And so once the information's brought, what happens is the values, the assessor will adjust some of those values, and then what will happen is you get refunds for anything you've overpaid. So it's actually not that hard to do. It's just a matter of being, it's understanding. It's really just understanding the way the system works, the way the assessor works. And it's really simple. Anyone can do this. Now, Prop 13, there's a right way to go about it. There's a wrong way to go about it to yes. save taxes. And that's all contained in the little black books. Yes, it's all, it's all there. And it's really from a very practical standpoint. Because I worked for the assessor, because I've bought and sold homes, um, I've done renovations, I've done all different kinds of things, I basically was able to take my experience and really practically apply it personally and also through the many, many cases I saw. So in the Little Black Book, it's all articulated in terms of, you know, how it all works and and the way to make the most of it, given your situation. What's interesting about these Little Black Books is they're pretty – I'm almost going to not be offensive here, Valerie, but they're almost toilet readers. (laughs) 37 pages, 17 pages. Right. Um, Yes. You know, you don't need a lot of time to go through this. And there's one that's just on resources on, you know, where in California to go if you're in Placer right. County or Madeira County or right. Lassen. And right. It's not rocket science. Anyone can do this. That's the thing. That's the funny part is, you know, as soon as you say tax assessor, property taxes, you know, people's eyes glaze over and they want to scream and run. And it's really simple and it's found money. You know, you could be sitting on a gold mine in your house and not even know it. 
it's interesting that you say the word sexy because you're kind of sexy for a tax assessor. Tax assessors are kind of blah in media, if you know what I'm saying. Yes, I do know what you're saying. They're really definitely uh, quite boring generally. And um, yes, it's. <laughs> I was one of those people knocking on doors, you know, assessing new construction. I was one of the many faces that, you know, people would come in and ask questions. And I was the devil incarnate because I was a tax assessor. So it's, it's quite funny, yes. We seem to have a tax question. My producer wants to put it through. I'm not sure if you're the right person for this, but let's go ahead and put it through. Who is the call, Heidi? Okay. okay. Now she's killing me. Valerie, this show is kind of like a train wreck on top of a car wreck on top of a bike wreck at times, <laughs> especially on Fridays if I've been drinking the night before. Oh, no, Rob. We'll just have to make up for it. Um, so we're going to screen the call. Tell me a little bit about your webpage. It's propertytaxlittleblackbook.com. Yeah, propertytaxlittleblackbook.com or propertytaxlady.com. And it, well, all my credentials are there, and there's pictures of myself and all my certificates. There's also a series of articles. So a lot of general questions you may have about you know property taxes, the assessor, how to deal with the assessor, why it doesn't feel like they care when you go in and talk to them. There's all kinds of information there. There's details about my background and how I came to be, um, how I came to work for the assessor and why I left. Um, and then there's a free ebook on the website that gives an introduction about Prop 13 and, and just a few pages breaks it down really easily. Um, there's a lot of different resources on there. Also on your webpage, you talk about scams on reductions in property tax. Yes, I do. How popular are those? I. <laughs> Do people fall for them? Tell me yes. a little bit more on these. I've spoken with a lot of people. I actually have a friend of mine who uh, owns a house not too far from me, and he has shown me a lot of the things he gets in the mail. And what's sad is what's sent in the mail looks very official. It looks like it's coming from the assessor. It looks like the assessor has sent something out and is asking you for money to reduce your property taxes. Anything the assessor ever does is covered by your property taxes. There is never a charge to ask them to review to talk to them, to do anything with them. And the application for the temporary reduction they're helping you with, a Neanderthal could fill out. They're that simple. And yet they're asking people for $200 or upwards or even a percentage of the reduction you may get. And what they're doing is ridiculously simple. And it's, it's in my opinion, I mean, of course they're offering, they're actually helping people, and yet it is a bit of a scam. Because it's a one-page application with the assessor that anyone could fill out. And the assessor does their own evaluation anyway. And, again, it's the temporary reduction. So when the market comes back up, and it always does, your property taxes will go back up. Let's get to that phone call. Will in San Francisco. Will, you have a question? Yes, I do. Um, It's a foreclosure. Um, All the properties that revert back to the bank under the foreclosure, um, under foreclosure, how come the banks don't pay the taxes on the paper once it, the banks um, once the property is returned to the bank or the paper is returned to the bank? Why don't the banks pay property taxes? Well, when let's say that I, I was a homeowner, I lost my house through foreclosure, okay. and uh, the property tax is not being paid on that house when the bank when the property goes back to the bank. Right. So I'm wondering, my, my question is, why isn't that? Anyone who's holding that paper, whether it's an institution or whether it's a private owner or whatever, it's, it's a commercial entity, why don't they pay, why isn't the tax being paid on that? Why is it just, um, you know, just the, 
a homeowner or just a private citizen that only pays on it? Why isn't the corporations paying taxes on that? I mean, do they have a loophole on this? Not to my knowledge. To my understanding, the way it works with property taxes is before it will go to a tax sale, for example, if someone hasn't paid their property taxes in about five years, they will auction off that property for the money. However, in the meantime, it just accrues fees and it becomes, um, I mean, it just becomes a lien against that property and they'll probably resolve it once they sell it. So once that bank sells it, they'll have to resolve those property taxes, who, who pays them and how in that sale. However, in the meantime, I mean, it just accrues fees and stuff, and it's probably one more cost they don't want to incur while they're holding it. Thanks. Thanks for that, Valerie. Um, and again, let me plug your website. It's propertytaxlittleblackbook.com, propertytaxlittleblackbook.com. Is there anything else we need to know? You know, it's a lot easier than you think. Okay. Well said, and thanks for being with us, Valerie. You can find her online at propertytaxlittleblackbook.com. It's propertytaxlittleblackbook.com. <clears throat> it's a package that you can buy on helping you with your property taxes and figuring out how to get the right deductions and how to get money back in case you're overpaying. Um, the system's kind of archaic, and there's ways to play around the system. Not illegally. It's just the system's so static and so tense. Um, it's, you should get this property tax littleblackbook.com especially if you feel you're being overcharged it's the Rob Black Show I'm Rob Black get calls in there it's 800-345-5639 Hi I'm Glenn Beck coming up at noon on Talk 910 KNEW now Rob Black Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. Last guest that I had on Valerie Feltus is uh, she sells books, so keep that in mind. Um, a lot of what we can do to get modifications in taxes, to get modifications in home loans, to get bankruptcy, we can do on our own. But a lot of businesses out there have cropped up to do it for you. And sometimes they hide behind attorney-based programs and issues along those lines. So anyway, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Chad Burton chimed in with a couple text messages during the interview. First and foremost, he says CFPs are a lot cuter, sexier than certified financial uh, tax assessors. Then he says he went to her website and goes, nope, she's sexier. Good looking woman. She's kind of got a Mediterranean thing going. Let's go to Jeff in Guerneville. Jeff? Take this one out, Rob. Uh, turn that off. The deep one would. Um, hey, uh, I never called before. I wanted to call. Um, have a question for you. Um, you were mentioning antipsychotic drugs earlier. It made me spark a question. Um, well, I was thinking about investing possibly in some kind of uh, kind of antidepressant drug. Do you, do you have any insight for me? Well, the big pharmaceutical companies are Merck, Pfizer, uh, Lilly, Shearing Plow, um, and they obviously have other products. You know, when you're buying into Merck, you're buying into Viagra and, uh, you know, dysfunction and things like that. So there's not a one pure play on it. There's some smaller companies that uh, have pure plays, but uh, there's not a one pure play. 
Okay, because um, I, I mean, I, I do take Zoloft, and uh, you know, I hope really we're not criticizing these uh, anti antidepressants because to me they're life non they're non fictitious life intensifiers. Um, I, I do want to I don't want to talk about that too too much because I'm about to walk through the glass doors of one hour photo, but um, I, I I like them and I I would like to invest in possibly Zoloft because. I want to back them because they did a lot for my life, and it's actually a vehicle to Good Mood Street, if you know what I'm saying. Um, it's good to meet you on the phone, though, and I do disagree with you 50, 53% about what you say, but I, I like you. I have seen you on TV, and um, I took a break from Tom Hanks of the Burbs to watch you. Thank you very much. And Pfizer makes um, Zoloft and Stay on those medications, and thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. About 15 years ago, I took uh, antidepressants for about two weeks, and I didn't, I just didn't like them. Just, it made me feel very, it was weird, because you'd be watching um, a television commercial, and you'd start crying. You'd be like, that little girl's so beautiful. She's going to grow up to be a wonderful woman. And you're like, what's wrong with me? It just, it, it cheats your emotions for me. Now, for a lot of people, they make total sense, but for me, did not make very much sense at all. Um, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. We should do a show where people call in and tell, talk about their pharmaceutical experiences, because I get the feeling there's some good ones. He's about to walk into the glass window of a one-hour photo. I, I, that's all I'm going to say is I, okay, so let's talk about some of the um, <clears throat> uh, stories out there today. First and foremost, the video game industry. It once was recession-proof. Now it's not. This, re- this recession is a lot higher unemployment than in past recessions. The U.S. video game industry revenue fell more than expected in July. Sharp drop in console sales. It's important that Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, on a regular basis, lower the cost of their video game consoles. Because ultimately, they bring in a new round of buyers. Consoles and accessories fell about 15% in sales. Market slowed down to nearly twice the pace, dropping 29% overall. This was the fifth straight month of double-digit declines in spending. The results are likely to further pressure console makers to cut prices, because when they cut prices, you go out and you buy three, four, five games to support it until consumers are sufficiently interested in buying consoles. It's going to be difficult for publishers alone to drive higher sales each and every month. There hasn't been any blockbuster games this year. And a lot of the games that were supposed to come out this year got pushed to 2010. So video games not impervious to a recession. Now, I saw an interesting story coming out of AT&T today. It actually came out of Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is one of those big financial companies that they're a mutual fund company. It's probably the best way of saying that they do a lot of research as well. They've got a brokerage division. But most of you probably know them from their mutual funds. They hosted an AT&T upper management party, I guess you would refer to it. And AT&T talked about the government. And we have to talk about the government on the show on a regular basis. We have to talk about politics. We have to talk about regulation and legal treatment. Now, there's basically three major regulatory players in telecommunications of AT&T. Do you know who they are? It's Congress. It's the FCC and the DOJ. Now, AT&T management said, our industry's functioned well. Households are benefiting from increased competition, declining prices, and deployment of new services. For these reasons, they don't see why any regulatory bodies would want to negatively impact positive trends in an economy that's struggling. 
Communication is not a major topic for the major congressional players at this point in time. And seeing how competitive and fragmented the communication industry is, it's really hard to see how the Department of Justice is going to take proactive action against the industry. So the regulatory environment is very relaxed right now on the AT&Ts of the world. Now, AT&T particularly has a relationship with Apple that I would like to get an Apple iPhone, but I don't want to use AT&T's service. I think a lot of us feel that way. We'd rather use Verizon or we'd rather use Sprint or we'd you know, make our own plan, so to speak. So there is some things that need to be addressed here. You know, we don't have to get all huffy and puffy about them, but we do want them addressed sooner rather than later. Let's talk a little Peter Jackson. There's a movie that I want to see. If you've seen it, call in and spoil it for me because I like having my movies spoiled. Um, the little kid, Harry Potter, he dies at the end of that series. <clears throat> so now you don't have to read the rest of the books. Um, a few months ago, only the most hardcore science fiction fans had heard of what was called District 9. I didn't hear about it. Now, a new movie is produced by Peter Jackson. He only produces it. He doesn't direct it. It's very low budget. This is something I didn't know. So it's documentary style, and he's going to tell the story of a group of aliens who land in South Africa and forced into apartheid-like conditions. We don't know what to do with them, so we basically put them in, you know, containment. Now, since last month's Comic-Con in San Diego, Comic-Con's a huge convention now for entertainment, for television and movies. District 9, it's received the kind of buzz that studios dream about. A preview of the film was a hit at the convention. It landed the film on the cover of Entertainment Weekly with the headline, Why District 9 Will Blow Your Mind. There's no stars in it. The movie costs less than $30 million to make. It's a no-name director. It's just Peter Jackson, the producer. So this guy's He's starting to turn into money. It's supposed to be the top movie this weekend, pulling in $24 million. You know what the number two movie is supposed to be? G.I. Joe. Now, Paramount took a really big risk with G.I. Joe. They didn't preview the film for critics. A move basically means the studio has no faith in the movie. When G.I. Joe opened, critics lambasted it, but it earned a 32 out of 100 at Metacritic. You know, they aggregate reviews from across the country. Audiences flocked to it anyway. Exhibitor relations expected G.I. Joe to open at $43 million last week. Instead, it took in $55 million. Now, so far, it's earned $115 million worldwide. Can you imagine that? G.I. Joe didn't look all that good. Now, the other movie coming out this weekend is called The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, for the record, G.I. Joe is supposed to come in second this week. The third movie coming out this week is The Time Traveler's Wife. A uh, new film set to open... By Exhibitor Relations, it's supposed to come into third with about $17 million. The adaptation of a romantic novel, it's expected to draw a mostly female crowd, which could cut into the second week box office for Julie and Julia. So, Time Traveler's Wife, Chick Flick, supposed to come in at number three this week. Let's take a bit of a break here. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking movies talking investments next up i'm gonna talk toilet paper i'm not gonna ask if you look i'm gonna tell you a money story about toilet paper we'll take a break here we'll be right back it's rob black show i'm rob black Black 
is watching your wallet, live and local. Call 1-800-345-KNEW. I know you're going to say, do we really live in the 21st century? Cuba. The story comes out of Havana, Cuba. Which, for the record, Cuban cigars are good. They're not worth $30, $40. So, Cuba, grip of a serious economic crisis, running short of toilet paper. And it may not get sufficient supplies until the end of the year. You go to Cuba this year, shake nobody's hands. We had some friends that went to Cuba, and they say it's the worst, most poverty-stricken, saddest place that you'll ever see in your life. It's not all fun and games. Now, uh, Cuban officials said that they're lowering the prices of 24 basic goods to help Cubans get through the difficulties provoked in part by the global financial crisis and three destructive hurricanes that hit the island last year. Now, Cuba's financial reserves have been depleted by increased spending for imports and reduced export income, which has forced the communist-led government to take extraordinary measures to keep the economy afloat. So communism not working terribly good. Corporation has taken all the steps that are at the end of the year for this important importation of toilet paper. It's the 21st century, and there's a country that's running out of toilet paper. Is that not ludicrous? Cuba both imports toilet paper and produces as it own, but does not currently have enough raw materials to make it. One of the measures taken to address the cash crunch is a 20% cut in imports, which in recent days has become evident in the reduction of goods in state-run stores. Cuba imports about 60% of all their food. That's a country that's got to put a bullet in a dictator's head or something. Is that mean of me to say? It's just too poor. They need to open up. America's best and worst housing markets. Home values have dropped for the 10th consecutive quarter, but homeowners in some parts of the nation, they're actually seeing some increases. I know you're going to say, tell me, tell me, where are we seeing increases? Fayetteville, North Carolina, up 13% year over year. Oklahoma City, up 4.8% year over year. How about Binghamton, New York, up 4.5%. Average home in Binghamton, $112,000. Average home in Oklahoma City, $118,000. Average home in Fayetteville, $120,000. Now, who really, really wants to live in those cities? That's the big question. Now, here's the kicker. There's some pretty good jobs going there. That's where the jobs are being created in healthcare. It's in the mid-sized cities, small-sized cities. And those jobs are creating demand for housing, and housing is being moved higher because of those jobs. Now, skies are not so bright in California. Four of the state's metros, Merced, El Centro, Madeira, and Modesto, they posted declines of 30 to 40% year over year. Foreclosures depressing home values in Merced and Madeira, for example. Foreclosure resales dominate the markets. 77% of all sales in Merced, 77% are foreclosures. 71% in Madeira. This is just, it's ludicrous, isn't it? Now, there's some areas that are starting to perform a little bit better in California. Where their declines are getting smaller year over year, like Santa Rosa, Petaluma, Napa, and Modesto. But again, it's all relative, right? In Stockton, home values have fallen an astonishing 60.9% since the 2006 peak. Go to Napa. Ken, Ken, how are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm 65, and uh, I'm self-employed. And I'm also uh, a property owner of uh, two or three properties. Uh, my home is free and clear. 
And I've got an office building that's generating an income positive, and I also have a rental that's free and clear, a condo that's generating a positive income. My question is two-pronged. First of all, what do you think of reverse mortgages regardless of your financial situation and, uh, as a product and also cost and fees? And then second of all, uh, what about the Social Security limits? I heard there was no limit on what you can earn now, and they will not penalize you on Social Security regardless of what your income is. Now, I'm talking about... W-2 earnings or 1099 versus uh, uh, self-employment income or investment income. I'm not comfortable talking about Social Security as far as the details that may or may not be applicable to you. I could talk about it in more generic terms, but I don't want to get into the specifics because I don't know your specifics. Well, that would be fine. As far as, and Ken, that's really easy, financial planner question, super easy. As far as reverse mortgage, you said you have multiple properties. You know you can only get a reverse mortgage in the property you're living in. Okay. Do you need the money? I don't need it at this time. Okay. I was thinking of salting it away because I heard that it's not taxable. It's not taxable. And I don't know if there's a write-off with it. Um, What I would do is I work with, and you hear her commercials all the time, but I actually, I like her and I endorse her, Maggie O'Connell, reversemortgagestore.com, reversemortgagestore.com. She can run some scenarios for you. Reverse mortgages, I don't think are the first alternative because you do pay interest. Um, It's... It's not free money. It's your money. It's your equity. There are some costs involved. They're lower than they were years ago. There's another one called the Nestworth Agreement, which is lower fees than reverse mortgages. It's very similar to it. Um, is that a federally run program? Yeah, it is a federally run program. What is the name of that again? It's called the Nestworth Agreement. Nestworth. Uh-huh. Okay. And again, Maggie O'Connell, she knows this product inside and out. She can help you. And I think you'll actually find her a charming lady. Um, she's Irish and... She's not one of those slicky boys who um, has her initials on her shirt, if you know what I'm saying. Is that the radio celebrity's wife? I don't know. The other O'Connell. O'Connell. Okay. No, I don't don't know. Whoops, telephone call. (laughs) I'm going to let you go answer that. Um, Reverse mortgages, I guess what I should throw out is, you know, if you're a 70-year-old lady and husband's died and Social Security's not enough, and you really can't find other alternatives to make ends meet, a reverse mortgage is appropriate. If you are having your ends meet, you may not need it. It is a, it is a costly program. It's not free. So 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. I think i got to sneak one more break in before we go. So let's do that right here, right now. When we come back, I'm going to be talking about sugar. Now, what could be the greatest investment right now? It could go up 80% in the next year. I'll talk about sugar. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Boom. Rob Black comes out and throws a mushroom cloud right up their nostril. Glenn Beck, next at 12 noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Now, Rob Black. Remember a couple years ago when President Bush said we should use more ethanol in this country? We were going to mandate it. Well, farmers went out and planted the snot out of corn, and corn went through the roof, but farmers went out and planted the snot out of it, and corn prices then fell. Went through the roof on President Bush saying, we're going to use more of it in our vehicles. Farmers responded because they thought they were going to have a business model there, and it collapsed. You probably remember oil. 
where oil went from about $30 a barrel to $150 a barrel, back to $50 a barrel. Created some huge fortunes. There was a story that I pulled yesterday about America's biggest food companies in the world. And these are Kraft, General Mills, and Hershey, Mars. They said they're going to virtually run out of sugar if the Obama administration doesn't ease import restriction amidst soaring prices for the key commodity. Now, in a letter to Agricultural Secretary Thomas Lysak, the big brands, including Kraft, General Mills, Hershey, and Mars, they've bluntly raised the prospect of a severe shortage of sugar used in chocolate bars, breakfast cereals, cookies, chewing gum, and thousands of other products. Companies have threatened to jack up consumer prices and lay off workers if the Agricultural Department doesn't get off their hineys and allow them to import more tariff-free sugar. Current import quotas limit the amount of tariff-free sugar, and food companies can import each year, except for for Mexico, suppressing supplies from major producers such as Brazil and India. Now, agricultural economists scoff at the notion of an America bereft of sugar. Can you imagine an America bereft of sugar? We'd be killing each other. We would be killing each other because we need we use it in almost everything. Issues coming to boil again because sugar prices both in the U.S. and globally have soared to unusually high levels for more than a year and show little sign of easing anytime soon. Price of sugar futures, they're up 95% this year. In seven stinking months, sugar's up 95%, hitting a 28-year high. Now, that's only a 28-year high. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about the commodity sugar because you can invest in this. Now, sugar, it could climb 80% more to as high as about 40 cents a pound. Sugar is caught in the perfect storm. There's a whole big hole in world supply, and there's no obvious solution to get it in the next six to nine months. Now, this time next year, you're not going to want to be in sugar because sugar is so profitable right now for farmers, they're planting the heck out of it. Now, the sweetener, it's up 88% this year. Um, Why? It's ultimately because of India. When you don't know what else to say, blame India. India is the biggest consumer, and they had their driest June in 83 years. Parts of Brazil, the largest grower, have been drenched by rainfall four times more than normal, too wet to harvest. World demand is going to exceed output by as much as 5 million metric tons in this year. Now, there's an investor in commodities. His name's Jim Rogers. And again, the idiot people on, not the idiots, I'm not going to say that word, but the radio show hosts who say invest in gold, they don't understand economics. They don't understand supply and demand, and they certainly, certainly don't understand commodities. So what they understand is a payday. If you ever listen to any other financial radio or tele- financial television, you'll never see people like Kramer or Susie Orman, myself, Ray Lucia. You'll never see anyone endorse gold, buy gold coins. You'll never see it. No one with any financial savvy, and I'm saying any financial savvy, will endorse gold coins. Anyway, that is off topic. But sugar's up 88% this year. So investor Jim Rogers, and there's a company called Rabobank, Rabobank Group. Rabobank, Rabobank Group. It's out of the Netherlands. It's those, those Netherlands people. They just kill me with their pronunciations. Um, but both of these groups have said that sugar may continue to rally, and it may still have a ways to go. Ultimately, sugar is certainly going to go much higher. Here's the quote from Jim Rogers. He's a legendary commodity investor. That sugar is certainly going to go much higher, much higher during the course of the bull market. Sugar is still 70% below its all-time high, and it may have, and not many things in our life are 70% below their all-time high. Sugar hit its all-time high in 1974. 
So you have to go back 35 years. Now, that's a story on inflation. A lot of people whine and complain. Oh, things are so more expensive today. Commodities really haven't been. Like gas prices, they're not very high. We had higher gas prices in the 70s than we do today. And when you adjust it for dollar inflation, it's much higher. Oh, they're showing on ESPN, they're showing um, ostrich races. You could actually ride on the back of an ostrich. Well, that's worth seeing. Anyway, um, now I totally digress. Sugar is India's biggest crop. It's the world's, no, I'm sorry. India is the, it's the second biggest world crop out of India. And it's under stress there. They're only going to produce 15 million, 16 million tons. Ultimately, the monsoon season, which brings 73% of the nation's annual rainfall, it's going to be the driest in seven years. Now, again, Brazil has the opposite side where they've had too much rainfall. The world has to depend on Brazil. And Brazil's been kind of lazy with their cane crop. Um, Millers have invested heavily in ethanol and somewhat neglected sugar. Brazil seems to be fairly maxed out in the short to medium term on what they're going to be able to pull out of the ground. So Brazilian sugar refiners, are they going to overplant? You betcha. World farmers are going to raise output this time next year. But in the next year, we're going to be talking about candy bars that are two bucks instead of a buck or a buck 50 instead of a buck. Overall direction of commodities is a macro call. It's all tied towards world economic growth and the direction of the dollar. And there's certainly not too much clarity here. If the dollar stabilizes, it could change the play on sugar. I just throw that out there because it's, it's, I want you to love what I do. I want you to see that investing is a great thing and that sugar could be an 80% returner from these levels because there's just not going to be enough supply of it and demand is fairly fixed. We want our candy bars. So I would say I'm moderately bullish, but please keep in mind this time next year, sugar will be lower because we're going to overplant it. 800-345-5639 if you want to get your calls on the air and wait 22 hours. No, no, 72 hours, 70 hours. I'll be back in 70 hours. If you want to wait the whole weekend, you're more than welcome to. I don't suggest it. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening this week. It's been fun, and um, I really appreciate the audience. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.